on long-distance phone calls and growing your roots. B.G. Saturday, October 8th, 2022. Huh, so that Moresque woman, or whoever you pronounce that name, it's a bot, huh? Well, that's disappointing. Here I had thought she was appreciating my wisdom. Why else should we hi- should, would she highlight it for the world to see? I still don't really understand the medium highlight feature. It's kind of like telling people, look, I was here first, and I thought this thing was interesting. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense in a world where we're all trying to connect artificially. But why the bot, though? I've seen other writers asking the same thing. Why? Are they collecting samples for computer learning so that they can write better than we do? Please don't remind me that they already can. If so, I'm blocking her immediately. In other words, it's Saturday. I've been itching to write, but it keeps feeling like everything else is getting in the way. Then, the more time that goes by, the more the pressure mounts, and then I have to force myself to sit down and write, and not worry about it being the next most perfectest gone viral bestseller or whatever. My drawbridges have been raised since yesterday, and even then I only raised them for a half hour. Lowered them for a half hour. So it's been almost two days of just... me. I needed that. It had been a lot of me and other people for a few weeks straight. And tomorrow I head over to Plateau Place, so better get my me time while I can. I lowered my drawbridge. Not too much was happening out there in the world. It is a Saturday, after all. I sent bouncy messages to Mommy, telling her that now I had unpoofed, she should pay attention to me immediately. So far, not a word. Outrageous. Apart from that, there was a missed call from Gail. Missed call from Gail? Last night I was congratulating myself on how well I've managed to untangle myself from her. Now I won't just hop to the second I think she wants to talk to me, I distinctly remember thinking as I was falling asleep. And it's true, I waited at least ten nanoseconds before calling her back. I had seen her last week to give her the Mary Poppins paperwork I put together. It memorializes the agreements we made last month, the night I had dinner there and Gail and I failed to communicate well. Baby girl decorated the contracts with stickers. It was a drench-your-clothes sort of a rainy October day, and I could feel myself coming down with Juliet's cold. I hauled myself over to the plateau anyway. We met at a noodle joint. It was delicious. We tried our best to catch up. She had a million things going on, as per normal. I had crazy low energy and was scared of being vulnerable, trying not to think about the message to her that was still incomplete sitting in my computer. The amazing thing was that she seemed like she was owning her truth, even with Richard in town. That was a cheering thing to see. Gail said afterward that our encounter had felt a bit formal. It had felt that way, it was true. Because of the documents, maybe. Because of the time gone by, or the restaurant environment, she suggested. Because there's a giant elephant in the room in the form of Richards in town, but we can't talk about that, I thought but didn't say. My boundaries are holding up. It was a struggle building them, but they are up and holding, even now, with Gail a continent away, calling me by WhatsApp. Those texts of hers occupied too much of my heart during my trip home while I was watching my nephew. The texts had started coming in while I was driving from Ottawa to my parents' home. I guess I should back up. About a month ago, my brother Joseph called and asked if I could lend him some childcare for a week in September. He had a wedding to go to with Lizzie, and then the two of them had obligations in two different East Coast cities. The idea was that the baby and I would stay with our parents, and at least Lizzie or Joey would come back each night. I told my brother I wanted to earn per day at least what I normally earn per hour. I love my nephew, but watching him is hard work. Plus, I was going to have to miss a week of assignments. 
Yes, I'd be getting my boxes, but I could have done the whole memory sorting thing at a different time. My brother was all, You would charge your own brother who barely has enough money to pay his mortgage? Um, aren't you paying three mortgages on purpose because of how well you're doing? Shh. Lizzie told Joseph that they would pay me whatever I wanted and then thanked me profusely for my time. The two of them have slightly different bedside manners. Also, that was the hardest contract negotiation I've had to do all fall. My brother does not shy away from emotional manipulation. It worked out perfectly in the end. My brother promised to pay for my rental car and at least a few dollars a day. I decided to spend the first night of my trip in Ottawa with Mommy. It was beautiful. On Sunday morning, I hopped into the red Kia with my stuffies, my backpack, and a few empty boxes. I optimistically figured I would need no more than five. I figured wrong. At the rest stops, I read Gail's text. She was wondering if the reason I hadn't come to the dance the week prior had been because of Richard. I saw Etienne, she wrote, and felt bad you couldn't be there for his last night. The reason was Richard, and that's what I told her. In response, she apologized and spilled a million words. It was hard to tell which were her words and which were Richard's. She kept saying the same thing she's been saying since even before I wrote that letter, the one where I told Richard to stop treating her unkindly. She points to all the things he does well and how she wishes her people would get along while glossing over her own crises and wounds of spirit. If she can't get along with her fiancé, how can I? But when he's a good boy, and sometimes he sure can shine, she ignores her own pain. And she rarely notices the nearly constant microaggressions and manip emotional manipulation. So I have to witness it but stay silent because she'll only hear what she can hear. That's why I need my boundaries. Our messages kept getting longer and longer. It was really hard to read them and my stomach started curdling when I'd look at my WhatsApp. There were a thousand things I wanted to say. A thousand how can you not see. A thousand here are all the ways that he's gaslighting you and you're then gaslighting me. Instead, I wrote a list of things I wanted to get off my chest and said nothing at all. Then I waited for a week and wrote the things that it made sense to say. I put my words into our own sensitive WhatsApp thread. Now I don't have to get nervous when I look at our regular one. It's what Mommy and I do. We have our regular message threads, and then we have our to the moon thread, which is the handle with care this could be challenging thread. We also have a writing thread, a fairy princess thread, a video chat thread, and like a billion others. This is a portion of what I said to Gail when I had finally cooled off enough to find the right words. I sent it after we met at the ramen place. Hey, beautiful butterfly. I'd like to acknowledge the things you said. I hear you that it's been painful for you to have the people close to you be on bad terms. Believe me, I get how much that sucks. Gaga. Also, 100% yes. You, me, the kids, and Richard were all in the thick of it together during that first crazy winter. And yes, every single one of you went out of your way to help me through my hard times, your fiancé included. It wasn't just the sad times, either. We went apple picking, ropes coursing, hiking. We made Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners, had late-night special cocktail game nights, shared many a group hug. Shared tears, la laughter, complicity, dancing, all the things. Nothing that I ever say and none of the boundaries I currently need refute that. Honestly, the fact that we fused those bonds during that time is the reason that what happened later was so hard. We were a family, you, me, him, and the kids. Thank you for what you said about my letter making a difference. It was the only reason I wrote it. My letter having a positive impact on your relationship and your own well-being is the silver lining of having lost my little room at Plateau Place. You expressed being at a loss at how to help the two of you move on. I feel for you, darling butterfly. 
I think the only thing you can do is keep owning your needs and speaking your truth. The safer you are with Richard, the safer I will feel around him. I loved him and I miss him as a friend, but I won't want to be friends with him again until I know he's treating the butterfly I love with emotional tenderness at every single second of the day or that he is removing himself respectfully when he can't. I want to keep seeing the positive consequences of him searching his soul and confronting his own demons in order to give you the respect and love you deserve so that your vulnerability is respected and your needs are met. To be his friend, I need to see all that. And it has to last more than a couple days, a couple weeks, or even a couple of months. I'm sorry, but that's just how Tiger Cub is when she sees her friends getting hurt as the result of somebody else's poor emotional processing. I did give him fair warning. My bottom line has always been that I want to see you and the children being emotionally safe. Not just sometimes, all the time. So the best thing he can do if he feels bad for hurting me is to keep treating you like the queen you are. And on to my own thoughts. You said once that I was a namer. I think that what is equally true is that I am a rememberer. I'm also a holder of our pain. You, me, Richard, and the kids lived through painful moments together. But so did you, me, and the kids without him, and often because of him. I've had to spend a lot of time processing my own pain and untangling it from yours. I see that you're processing your own pain now, and it makes me really grateful. I saw you today and you projected a gale on evolution, a growing gale. It was beautiful to watch. You were calm, grounded, centered, in touch and present not just with me, but with yourself. Woohoo! I applaud that. I know how hard it is, and I'm so proud of you for all the work that you're doing. You were so much clearer with your boundaries and what you need and want. You were naming things, Gale. I saw you putting words to things you didn't have words for before. It was beautiful to see, and I hope you keep doing it every damn day. It's been one and a half years of me watching you get hurt repeatedly, so it's still too soon for me to trust that you're done with the cycles and done prioritizing other people's emotional wants over your emotional needs. You even said that there's a lot of work still to be done. That means I'm still going to keep my boundaries firmly in place, but the more I see you owning yourself as the beautiful goddess you are, making room for your needs, the less I will be worried about Richard or anyone else. Gaga. She hasn't answered yet, but that's fine. To the moon threads don't have response time deadlines. Since I got that off my chest, I felt less panicked for Gail. She is in charge of her own journey, and she's doing a fine job. I don't need to carry her pain for her. And with my boundaries in place with Richard, I don't have to be scared either. It's not just Gale progress that's making me feel more grounded. Juliet and I drove home boxes and boxes of my memories, and slowly over the last week and a half I found homes in my apartment for my belongings. I have crystal wine glasses, crystal martini glasses, and a crystal decanter. A crystal gallery tray, whatever that is. Teacups, a pizza stone, a gorgeous tablecloth that Hannah gave Shekhar and me. It's way too pretty to stain, so we've never used it. I bought a ladder so I could reach the high-up cabinets, and now half of the wedding gift, my half of the wedding gifts have found a home. I also labeled my diaries. I haven't counted yet, but I think I have 40 or 50. My degrees and certificates are now hanging on my wall, and I've hung some decorations as well. Rearranged some furniture, bought a table for the sofa. With each little tweak to my apartment, I feel more grounded, like I'm growing roots, like I'm standing more solid. I've been moving through the week quietly, with far less depression than before, even while completely sick from having caught Juliet's cold. I have manageable to-do lists, 
I have fun ways to start my day and integrated detox after. I'm moving my body. I'm being gentle with my heart. I'm healing my soul. I blinked and it was Thursday. I'd somehow finished all the work I needed to do for the week. My cell phone went off. My email went off. And I bicycled to Parc La Fontaine to breathe. It was strange seeing Gail through my phone on WhatsApp. She could just as well have been a few blocks away in Montreal. But she wasn't. She was in a tiny little town in Switzerland. She seemed stressed about the lack of internet, mentioning SIM cards and trips to the train station to get everything sorted. Maybe it's a sign from the universe that you should only be using your phone in the case of an emergency, I suggested. Yeah, she said, not sounding too convinced. We cleared up the two things on her agenda. Small things we could have cleared up a couple weeks ago, but she didn't have time before she left. She never does. I wonder how big of a deal Richard is making things to be on his end. How much he is the reason behind her stress at not being immediately contactable. I mean, what do you expect when she's a continent and several time zones away? I bet he's in full-on crisis underhanded blame like normal. That would be typical Richard, especially since he doesn't like the fact that he's not allowed to talk to me directly. He's probably making the conversations with Gail way more urgent than they need to be. I don't wonder too hard, though. Richard is no longer my problem. Hopefully he stays not my problem. I head to the kids tomorrow. Hopefully my boundaries hold, even from inside Gail's happiness palace. That will be the true test, won't it? Last fall, when I came home from my travels unexpectedly, Felix's eyes lit up and he raced through the house to give me the biggest hug in the universe. Then he volunteered to have me grill him on math problems, showing off the grades he had gotten since I'd been his private tutor the spring before. He's sad I moved out, though, and I don't get those running hugs anymore. He's also a teenager, so even if I hadn't moved out, he likely wouldn't be speaking to me. I'll be lucky if I get a hello. Boy, Mary Poppins and Riley and Felix is going to be a whole different ball game compared to changing my nephew's diapers and watching construction vehicles with him. Mommy got three-day access to a beautiful cabin in the woods with Wi-Fi and a hot tub. She suggested we go out of town together, but I couldn't because it was the exact dates I'll be watching the kids. Outrageous. She responded to my text message from earlier with, Ha ha ha, but I'm poofed now, my little fairy. Double outrageous. Why don't our poofings line up? Lynn's birthday party is tonight. I wonder if her boyfriend's cute friend will be there. I think I'll get dressed up, just in case. Love. BG.